0: Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show with Toby Mildon. Future-proofing your business by creating a diverse workplace. there thank you ever so much for tuning into this episode of the inclusive growth podcast i am toby Meldon, and today i'm joined by a really great guest um her name is peel and peel is actually based over in copenhagen and just before we hit the record button i was saying that copenhagen is probably my favorite city in the world and love going to the louisiana art gallery which is just on the outskirts of the city and there's so much to see within the city centre itself. But Peel is based over in Denmark and I am based over in the UK. And Peel is the co-founder of a company called Develop Diverse. But this is not the first time we've come across Developed Diverse because I actually interviewed Peel's co-founder, Jennifer, on this podcast a few months ago, where we talked about the impact of language and In the previous episode that I did with Jennifer, we explored the concept of inclusive language and its impact on diversity and inclusion within the workplace And Jennifer emphasized that language is not merely a tool for expressing ideas, but it actively shapes our understanding of the world and consequently our culture. And she defined inclusive language as that which avoided stereotypical connotations, thereby reinforcing these stereotypes um, even unintentionally. And she provided examples to illustrate how job descriptions, for example, with phrases like competitive company or ambitious teams might appeal more to some people, while phrases like nurturing company or thoughtful ideas might appeal to some other people. So, to attract a diverse applicant pool, she recommended looking into using neutral terms like aspiring company or motivated teams and, and, and innovative ideas. But Beyond gender, which is what Jennifer and I were talking about, she pointed out that language can also discourage people based on other characteristics like age or ethnicity or neurodiversity or physical disabilities. And she agreed that much of the bias in language that we use is unconscious. It stems from ingrained cultural norms and stereotypes. And we also discussed uh, the transitioning of terminology from m- masculine and feminine traits to agentic and communal traits to better capture the diversity that exists beyond gender, which is new terminology that I learned and and now share with my clients. So, Jennifer and I discussed the role of technology in promoting inclusive language, which is where Develop Diverse comes in because it is a platform for looking at language. And Jennifer explained how the platform uses natural language processing and machine learning to provide real-time suggestions for more inclusive language while the person is actually typing away. This not only helps make text more inclusive, but it helps individuals unlearn their implicit biases. And Jennifer shared some really compelling data with us about real-world impact of using their software. And hopefully in our conversation today with Peel, we'll learn some further client case studies. And companies like Amazon saw a four-fold increase in qualified women applicants. And Vestas saw a 15% increase in women within leadership roles within six months of using the software. So it's a really impactful. Tool, so you know. Overall, our conversation you know underscored the power of language that we re- either reinforces or dismantles stereotypes, and then the role that technology can play in accelerating progress towards inclusive workplaces. So, I mean, it's a real honour to be able to catch up with the other co-founder of this wonderful software, Peel. So, Peel, welcome along. It's uh, lovely to see you.
1: Thank you so much Toby and and what a what a welcome and what an introduction uh now I don't know where to start but as you said, you know, I'm the co-founder of Developed Evers. My pronouns are she, her. I'm based in Copenhagen. I also enjoy the city very much, as I also shared with you before, Toby. But just, just a quick introduction to myself as well, just before we dive into to the big conversation here. So I've always worked in technology. I've always been working, especially on human behavior. I have a formal education within business, but also communications and especially linguistics. But I've always worked in the tech field. I always worked with Technology. How can we leverage technology to actually create a better future of work, create better ways of working, create greater employee engagement? Which also led me to um, both work and live in the U.S. to do more of, of human behavior understanding and research using technology, but also most more recently, which led me as well to uh, to the idea of develop diverse and, and joining develop diverse alongside Jennifer was that. I worked in a company called Pecan previously, where we worked a lot on employee engagement, building better workplaces by listening to our employees more frequently. And I especially remember one time when I was talking to customers, talking to people out there about the need for employee listening. And and I kept getting the question about diversity. How do I... Of course, we need to listen to our employees. Of course, we need to build up engaging workplaces. But my real problem is to get more women into leadership. How do I do that? How can I leverage the technology of, of Picon at the time to do that? And we didn't have the answer. And as I could see, nobody had that answer to how do we actually deal with, how do we handle it? So alongside Jennifer really teaming up to make sure we could build a software that and take it to market and take it out to the companies to actually give them a concrete way, a tangible way to work with diversity, work with inclusion specifically to not only get more women into leadership, but actually create equal opportunities in the workplace. As that is still the mission and vision that we have today at Develop Diverse. So that was sort of my way into Develop Diverse alongside Jennifer, um, who you spoke to previously.
0: You and I have got a similar background because I used to work in technology before I got into diversity inclusion and I was very much focused on the user experience side of technology um, and also accessibility as well so it's interesting how our careers can converge and intersect yeah I mean when I when I sat down with Jennifer in the previous episode our focus was very much around language used in talent attraction and recruitment particularly like you know language that you use in job descriptions whether that's appealing to some people or not but I know that the develop diverse platform has evolved since then and you're now looking at language used in corporate communications so language used on website careers pages that kind of thing let's begin there I mean what are some of the common stereotypes that you're seeing within business communications how are these stereotypes being reinforced and and ultimately what's the impact that you're seeing happening
1: so in general right i think what we what we really focus on is the attraction piece as you say as well right so how do we make sure that we can actually build an all-around inclusive brand both for greater inclusion so that our employees are proud of working here and can see themselves in our brand that we're putting out there, which affects retention and engagement overall, but also, of course, for the attraction of new talent and and new people to join our organization for diversity of thought. The stereotypes that we tend to see in in corporate communication follow the stereotypes we have in society very much, right? So. The moment it becomes a problem is, of course, when we want to build and represent society, which luckily most companies realize they have to do today. They make a strategy. They want to have either whether it's more women in leadership, they want to focus on building a greater representation of ethnicity, age, socioeconomic status, so forth. But at the end of the day, they don't see the result they were hoping for right? That, that's the typical image that I see. And what we then see a, f- a lot of times is that when companies come to us and we look at the text and the general brand, whenever they talk about the company and who they are, they're emphasizing a stereotype. That's just, we have a lot of engineering companies that, that employs a lot of engineers, for an example. And they come to us and they can say, you know, we just don't believe there are women out there because we don't get them. So how, how does that, you know, why is that? And what we see is that they tend to only have images of able-bodied white Caucasian men on their website and describe themselves that they're the leading uh, company within this field. They are building on you know strong teamwork and, and so forth. So the, 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 the whole image they're describing, using to describe themselves, both in terms of text and images, just doesn't align with what they want, the results they hope to achieve. What it really does is that it reflects the stereotype that most often they see internally. So most often when they look internally, that is also the people who are represented in the company already, and is also who what the general stereotype is. So you, you know, even you and I, Toby, where we are very aware of our biases, we are very aware. We would still tend to have a stereotype around what does an Indian engineer look like.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: What does somebody in HR look like, and how do they behave? Right, I think so. So that is just what tends to be reflected in implicitly, of course, not explicitly. We're not saying that we're looking for a white, Caucasian male in our pages, but we we say that implicitly, which makes it very difficult for ourselves to reach our goals.
0: Mm, yeah. So when I caught up with Jennifer last time basically the technology enabled somebody to copy and paste a job description for example or a job ad and then the the platform would give real time instant feedback how has the technology evolved since then that is enabling you to assess these corporate communications
1: so we're building more and more on being where our users are and making it easy so by looking at URLs, for an example, so a website uh, altogether, pasting that in, we can actually do an automatic scan of a website, for an example. We still still have the option of copy-pasting. A lot of our customers, they they see that as a natural flow when they work with job ads, for an example. Um, but we tend to, to work more and more also when... For people who do a lot of sourcing on LinkedIn, how can we actually overlay our software on LinkedIn so that we are inclusive in every way that we're approaching people on the outside, right? And create that equal opportunity through the language and don't emphasize that you have to look a certain way or behave a certain way in order to be part of this company, right? Yeah. So we come somewhere since then
0: that's brilliant i mean this is just the great thing about working in tech because it's just constantly evolving and adapting and and living and breathing and and actually there's some really exciting solutions available and becoming available you know one of those things for example is just ai i yeah. mean over the last few it just feels like over the last few months ai has just completely blown up you know, there's so many AI tools out there. I, I use ChatGPT pretty much every day to help me be a lot more productive in my work. Um, and I do know that talking to other people that do specialize in implicit bias, for example, that there are problems with with AI and tools like ChatGPT. So I'm imagining that obviously you're, you're keen on using AI and incorporating it into your Solution, but what are some of the problems and challenges that you're noticing?
1: I really like to speak about this topic. Actually, I'm very passionate about it. So, i I think it's amazing with the recent innovations, especially within AI, and and actually making something like ChatGPT and other generative AI tools available to people to generate content fast. But it doesn't come without cost. There's always, you know. From our side, when we look at bias and when we look at the stereotypes in society, we have to think about how these tools are being built in the first place and how AI is generally being built. It's also had a lot of trouble in the past, actually, when companies have used AI tools to give them recommendations of who to hire. Because when we what we do with AI, we train a model to provide recommendations, to provide an output based on all the data we put in there. So the output can only be as good as the input. And can it can never be better. And when we think about generative AI and and something like ChatGPT, everything that's been put in there are generally all the content out there in on the world wide web. And that has been somewhat the reason why we don't see slang and, and very offensive language on there when we have outputs from ChatGPT is because there has been some, it has been filtered out to some extent, right? So we don't get all of that in our outputs. But there's no way that chat and generative AI knows what our bias and stereotypes, and they even put a little label as well inside the, in the bot. I don't know if you noticed, um, you know that we should sh- every user should be aware that it might. Reinforce stereotypes. Yeah. And we did a study on it actually, just to see, you know, because I think in logical, you can think that ChatGPT would portray stereotypes to the same extent as humans, because it's based on the human text and content on the internet. But AI actually amplifies that even more. And we compared 7,000 job ads written by ChatGPT versus 7,000 job ads written by humans. And it was forty percent more biased than humans Wow, right, so I think but we tend to use the output as if as if it was the golden truth uh in in that way, right, and that is even when we prompt it to be inclusive.
0: Wow, that's staggering. so the clients that are using your platform nowadays the the latest iteration of it what are they what are you noticing what, what are some of the the benefits that you're seeing
1: so it tends to be mainly used for attraction um we're going more and towards the full brand of course but what we see is that there's across the board a more equal Opportunities, right? So we are instead of having that tunnel vision of only attracting and appealing to the people who have the same behavior as we expect from a certain stereotype, we broaden that out and actually will appeal to a much larger group everyone that actually have the competence and have the skills to do the job that we're looking for. Right? And they will have a greater sense of belonging. They won't exclude themselves already from the hiring process, which they otherwise tend to do when we use stereotypic words. So we see across the board uh, companies like uh, Danske Bank, which is a Danish bank with more than 25,000 employees, managed to get 81% more qualified women after using Developed Diverse into their, their candidate uh, hiring process. And someone like Vestas actually managed to hire 15% more women into leadership, into corporate leadership, after using develop diverse, because they got more women in in the top funnel in the hiring process in that way, right? So that's that's the very that's the result that we tend to portray and and show. But I think the really interesting thing, and you also mentioned that before, Toby, that from your conversation with with Jennifer, is that. When there's also the self-reported learnings on how they learn about bias and how they actually become better and take that knowledge with them into the conversation with peers, into one-on-ones and throughout the, the, the company, that creates a big difference as well in how we are more intentional in our communication and aware of how we may come across.
0: Yeah. I, I've seen the impact firsthand myself. Um, so when I was working at the BBC in user experience and design, we looked at our job adverts and job descriptions for roles like, you know, UX designer, for example. And we had a copywriter on the team, and we actually manually rewrote the job adverts. And we didn't use software. If we had used software, it would have probably. You know accelerated yeah. the whole process, but at the time i don 't think actually there was a lot there were there weren 't really many solutions like yours on the market at the time but so we manually rewrote the job descriptions, and not only did we kind of considered gendered mm. language, but we just looked at the overall quality, so job adverts or job descriptions would run over several pages no one 's got time to read several sides of a four so we reduced the length of the documents. We made them a lot more punchy, a lot more interesting. We considered the type of language that we used. And what we did notice is that we noticed an increase in job applications. And in particular, we did see more women applying for roles with us compared to the old job descriptions or the job ads. So, this, it definitely works when you do Analyze the language that you're using in your job ads and your job descriptions, and I think when I do talk to my clients, actually they don't think further back in the in the talent attraction re- recruitment process they're not really thinking about the language that they're using on their careers websites or their careers portals or the the documents that get sent out as part of the recruitment process, for example, interviewing yeah. candidates to sorry, inviting candidates to interviews or job offer letters or things like that. So there's definitely a need for solutions like yours.
1: Yeah. What's interesting as well is that there's also a misperception or misconception in terms of that we should target language towards certain people. But we also know that Mm. that that doesn't actually work, right? So a lot of companies, if they want more women, they tend to, to target the language towards that group because that can seem like the rational thing to do. But by yeah. doing that, we're again taking on the tunnel vision and will discriminate and, and ex- exclude other groups because, the, as you also said, you know, with the framework that we're creating, we know that women are not just women. We also have an age. We also, you know, yeah. that intersectionality really has to be taken in, into consideration on it, too. Definitely. I think it's really it's a wonderful example you mentioned here with the, your previous work with BBC.
0: Absolutely. And one thing I I think my biggest takeaway when I spoke to Jennifer last time was the transition in terminology because previously that like, I was aware of like using masculine and feminine language yeah. or or terminology, but Jennifer was saying that actually there needs to be a move towards talking about agentic and communal <laughs> traits because yeah, masculine and feminine is is not necessarily linked to one's gender identity you know it's like yeah it's so i i I actually quite liked that that idea of moving towards agentic and communal traits or language instead but you're right i mean you know as as a disabled person myself i've seen language in job ads which makes me concerned about being able to do the job like being really flexible and being able to travel at a minute's notice that's quite difficult for me because I need to I can't just jump on a plane I need to plan travel ahead I need to arrange taking carers with me Uh, if I have to travel I have to take a hoist to get in and out of bed so it does take me I can travel but it just takes me a bit of time to put everything in place to do so so the question I ask everybody when they come on this show and I won't let you off on the hook. Is what does inclusive growth mean to you?
1: I think that's a really good, really good question to to ask everybody. I think for me, also both as a startup founder and working a lot, there is just no impact without economic growth and without the economic aspect. So when I talk, think about inclusive growth, I think a lot about inclusive economic growth and how do we actually create equal opportunity in that way. And I think that that's a lot what it is to me. And how do we both plan the growth and spend the money and invest in ways that is not taking advantage of marginalized groups in any way of groups that are, Less privileged, and use our privilege to make other privileged groups more privileged in that way. I think that's what inclusive growth is to me, um, and that will benefit everybody at the end of the day. And that's it's a, maybe a brief, uh, brief answer in that way, but I think that. I've looked a lot for good examples to come across here, and I think that um, I think unfortunately there's not too many good examples. There's a lot of bad examples of how companies have really taken advantage of underrepresented groups, marginalized groups, in order to grow, because that has been the lowest cost in terms of the growth. It's a lot of production, a lot of others. It's also governments doing the same, right? And taxation systems designed in, in, with a lot of inequality and less good examples I would say but that's where companies can really make a difference yeah. right and actually prioritize that inclusive growth close the pay gap, make sure we actually bring equity into the picture and, and really make that part of the DIB and not just call it uh, DNI anymore right and I think the e within yeah. that for companies is really where the inclusive growth comes into the picture.
0: Brilliant. Excellent. I love it. Thank you. Finally, if the person listening to us right now wants to learn more about Develop Diverse, maybe they even want to give it a go, put in a job ad, get real-time feedback, look at the language that they're using on their career site, maybe some of the stereotypes that they're reinforcing. How should they go about doing that?
1: So I really would recommend everyone to go in and, and see how they uh, their own texts job ads, whatever it may be, how they portray bias, whether they do or not, and learn a bit more. So by going into our website and on the developdiverse.com, going into the upper right corner and click on the login It can prompt you to create a trial user, and I really recommend that everyone will do that. We don't take any payment or anything like that. It is just a good learning, and even better if you let me know afterwards and how your experience has been, that will be just wonderful. The more we can spread out this knowledge, the better, and I hope everyone will take the chance to learn a bit and be more intentional in the language.
0: Brilliant. I've already got you one potential user. Nice. So I was speaking to a client yesterday who's struggling to fill a vacancy. In his organization, and we were talking about the language that he was using in his job description and job ad. And I said, I think I've just got the right thing for you. You need to go over to Develop Diverse and uh, just uh, pop in your job ad and see 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 what what stereotypes and biases you're you're reinforcing because that that might give an indication about why you're struggling to attract people into this particular role. So, yeah. Look out Very for him. He'll, <laughs> hopefully he'll log on soon. Pill, thank you ever so much for, for joining me today. It was great to catch up with the other half of Develop Diverse. So now I've, you know, had the opportunity to sit down with yourself and Jennifer. And I just love how the product has evolved and y- y- your product is looking at the language and the stereotypes that are being reinforced not only in the, the the job ads and the job descriptions, but also through corporate communications and what's being put out on the corporate website and things like that. So, I can't wait to see how your product evolves and develops and make such an important impact on the world. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much, Toby. It's been a true pleasure of joining. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. And thank you for tuning into this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show with myself and Pill today. Hopefully, our conversation today has sparked some inspiration, given you some ideas on things to look out for, maybe inspired you to just review language used in your own job ads and job descriptions and uh, in your corporate communications as previously discussed, if you think that Develop Diverse is a tool that can help you, please do go along to their website and create the trial user account. As pill said, it's free to give it a trial run. So, you know... There's nothing to lose. Just go out, give it a go and see if it helps you make a bigger impact in the world. So thanks ever so much for tuning in. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of this podcast, which will be coming out very soon. Until then, take good care of yourself. Thank you for listening to the Inclusive Growth Show. For further information and resources from Toby and his team, head on over to our website, at milden.co.uk